Amen, and thank you to all of those who have participated in our service this morning, especially for that prayer we just had, too. That was very special. Mm, mm, mm. This morning, we, uh, it's almost like we get a little, uh, a little hint of what's to come ahead as we've looked at the story of the raising of Lazarus. But as we uh, continue our journey toward uh, or through Lent, toward the cross, and then, of course, to the empty tomb. We still have some ground to cover. In fact, this morning, we're going to take a look uh, at a passage that's familiar to many of us, but it's not all about life and resurrection. It's all about, it's all about death. It's about the trappings of death, the things of death. And it's, a, it's written for a people. It's spoken by a prophet who is trying to give a message to a people who feel like their lives are over, just like it's all done, like they have no, no hope in the world. So here from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel, the story of the dry bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We're cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will pour my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mm, an interesting account. If you haven't ever heard of the Valley of the Dry Bones, then you've missed something before. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Have you ever had one of those times when your life seemed like it was over? Sometimes life just seems like it's over. That death can come in a number of ways. Life can be torn from you. Life can be sucked out of you. Life can be drained from you. You can even take your own life. But it doesn't really matter how it happens. For when it happens, the response is still the same. Somebody calls 911 and somebody else starts the CPR. A number of us have been there. We know what it feels like. We know what it is to experience people standing over a loved one, trying to maintain the forces of life, and standing there helpless. It's something that even baffles physicians and medical professionals. My father-in-law told me once that it was one of the most humbling experiences that physicians face, watching a patient, a person, in the course of moments turned to dust and ashes before their very eyes, despite their best efforts. There is this sense of helplessness for the doctor, accompanied by a real sense of awe and wonder. Sometimes life seems over. It's not just when we come to the point of death. Sometimes life can feel that way when we've just been run over by the truck of life, when it seems that life has just knocked us down off of our feet in an unrecoverable sort of stance. Sometimes life seems over. Ask someone who's been utterly crushed by poverty. Ask someone who feels utterly controlled by addiction. Ask the folks at Fort Hood who twice now have been attacked by one of their own. Ask those whose homes were foreclosed on this month, even though it may or may not have been their own fault. Ask the Cambodian child sold on the black market this week. Ask the child on the Gaza Strip for whom war just seems to be a normal way of life. Ask anyone whose life is over for any reason. Can these bones live? And where is God anyway? The Hebrew exiles were just about that desperate. They were wondering if they had come to the end of it all. They'd been carried off to a foreign land. Their brightest and best young leaders had been taken off to be reprogrammed, retrained, brainwashed according to the ways of the Babylonians. And if their God was not dead, then that God must be asleep. Nothing seemed to be going right for them. They seemed to be dead, and if not dead, at least in cardiac arrest. These Hebrew exiles were asking, will there be a reviving of the chosen people? Can life be found once again in them? As the scriptures say, can these bones live? But we get stuck so many times. 
we get stuck so many times. We really want to go somewhere. We really want something significant to happen, but we get stuck. We want to have hope, but we find ourselves mired in helplessness so many times. You know, in our own lives, there are times when we feel like life can just be over or we feel just dead inside, inside for one reason or another. Sometimes it comes because of our aimlessness. We just can't seem to find a direction. We can't get pointed with some purpose. We can't find that calling, that, that draw upon our lives that has us moving forward to accomplish great things. Sometimes we just live aimlessly. There are times when we are mired down by our mediocrity. We're just... We're just willing to go along to go along. We'll, we'll do whatever comes. We'll just accomplish whatever comes our way is easily handled, easily taken care of. And so we just kind of let ourselves wallow in what comes along. Sometimes we get mired down in blaming. We'll blame other people. Look at the passage about, about Lazarus and Mary and Martha. They even came to Jesus and said, Jesus, why didn't you come? If you'd only come, everything would be okay. Our brother wouldn't have died. We just love to blame people sometimes. We get caught up in our resentments. I heard uh, Arianna Huffington quote from her new book just recently. She was talking about resentment. She says so many people just get caught up in resentment. She said, you know what though? Resentment is like drinking poison than waiting for the other person to die. We get so mired down in our aimlessness, our mediocrity, our blaming others, our resentments. And when we find ourselves caught up in these type things, we find ourselves dying on the inside at least, and sometimes even on the outside. But then the song starts. Dim bones, dim bones, dim dry bones. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. God says to prophesy to the bones because the word of God brings flesh. So Ezekiel says, I prophesied there in the valley and there came a noise and a rattling and the bones came together. I spoke the word of the Lord and there came sinews and flesh onto the bones. But there was no life, no life yet in them. Some of you through the years have probably uh, built a house. Anybody ever built a house? Just kind of, yeah, okay, you built a house. And you had all these sorts of things that you wanted to go into your house. You know, you had probably certain appliances that you wanted to go in your house. You wanted it to be built out of certain materials. Perhaps you wanted to have kind of an environmentally friendly home. So you had some green type building practices that were a part of it. And you wanted trees here, trees there, bushes here, bushes there. You wanted all of those things. You wanted the house to look nice on the outside, picked out the colors that you just loved. But then if you weren't careful, what you ended up with was a house and not a home. That's what we really want, isn't it? 
we realize that we can put the shell together. We can have the bones. We can have the sinews and the flesh, all that stuff on the outside. But unless we have that spirit, that breath on the inside, that, that which makes it home, then somehow we've missed it. You know how I think the little rhyme should go about the church and the steeple. You know, here's the church, here's the steeple. But that's not the church. The church is the people. So many times we see churches that get caught up in building big things and having all these programs and wanting to do all these things, have all the trappings of church on the outside, but inside there's no breath. And they know that they need the Spirit of God at work in them and moving amongst them. And they have all that they want on the outside, but they don't have the breath. It's the breath that brings life. My son and I were having coffee one day, and we both noticed this young lady that walked in. And he says, wow, I'd like to go out with her. She's beautiful. And I said, is that really what you're looking He said, maybe I'd like to get to know her. <laughs> the prophet prophesies and the bones come together. There seems to be a promise of life. You know, in the church, we're good at organizing. We're, we're good at organizing. You know, Mr. Chairman, I move that so-and-so and so-and-so happen. Oh, well, Mr. Chairman, I substitute for the motion. I'd like to move so-and-so happen. I'd like to move an amendment to the motion. I'd like to move an amendment to the amendment. We're good at organizing. We're good at financing. We're good at programming. There was a lady strolling her baby, came across a shade tree mechanic one day there working on his car. She says, where are you planning to go with your car? He says, nowhere. Well, why do you work on your car so much? I just like for it to idle good. And that's how the church can be. And good programs are good, but the goal is for them to impact the lives of people. The Word brings flesh, but it's the Spirit that brings life. The Spirit, the breath that brings life into the bones. There was a man who went to visit the Tonga Islands, and he had been treated just overwhelmed by the hospitality and generosity of the people. And the headman of the village told him, he says, well, to tell you the truth, we might have eaten you a number of days ago except for one thing. He took him out to a little village out by the ocean side and pointed to a marker. And there on the marker it said, on this spot came the visit of the Holy Spirit, August the 18th, 1834. The Spirit came into the Tongan people, and from there it went to Fiji, and from there it went to Samoa, and on and on and on and on. You see, when the Word and Spirit are present, this becomes unqualified good news to those who consider themselves dead. Ezekiel continued, I called the breath or the spirit. 
to enter the bones as God had told me. And they came to life and stood in their feet, an exceedingly great host. And in this promise, Hebrew exiles found hope. The good news is that the bones can live. The good news is that people can live that they can be enlivened by the Spirit of God on this side of the grave. The good news is that you can live. The Word and Spirit bring forth life. That's the way it is with us. The Word and Spirit are present, and this becomes unqualified good news to those who consider themselves dead or dying. God isn't dead. We just convince ourselves that God is dead, and then that we ourselves are dead. Then we remember the Word and the Spirit and the life that they bring. Word and Spirit turn resentment into forgiveness. Word and Spirit turn sorrow into joy. Word and Spirit turn hate into love. Word and Spirit turn despair into hope. Word and Spirit turn death into life. They turn church programs into changed lives. They turn a church budget into a ministry. They turn our gifts into His work. Because we believe what the song says. Dim bones, dim bones, dim dry bones. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Be a people of hope. This morning as we turn to page 13 in our hymnal, We would hear the words of hope once again as we share in this time of Holy Communion. This is a a time for each one of us, especially if somewhere inside we are feeling a bit dead because God would breed word and spirit into us yet once again. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Let me invite those who are assisting this morning to come forward as they come. A reminder that this is an open table. You don't have to be a member of St. Matthew's, a Methodist, even a Christian. If you would receive this gift of grace offered to you this morning, you are welcome to come.